Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We have a fun continuation of yesterday's show for all of you. And the topic is Seven Pitfalls to Wealth Creation. Today is part two. Um, Julie and I really like doing topics like this because it allows us to uh, be really, really brutally direct and honest with all of you guys. And uh, by framing the uh, the content like we often do, it kind of also gives us permission to cut through a lot of the fluff and Mickey Mouse that's out there. I read, um, and I've been reading, Julie and I have made it a habit now of reading the new reviews on the book every morning over coffee. And uh, yeah, I really, I have to say it. I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that you guys get it. I'm thrilled that you guys understand the book. But what really res, what, what I'm really happy about is that the message resonates with all of you. You guys are appreciating the fact that real estate is such an incredible opportunity to be of service to people. Real estate is such an incredible opportunity to, you know, own a business where you can make a lot of profit and all the rest of it. But really, what you guys understand is the integrity that w- was the underlying message in the book. You guys are getting the fact that really, truly, what matters uh, in this industry and what this business is truly about is being of service to other people. And when I read the reviews and the comments, uh, you know, from those of you guys who have read the book, you get that. You totally understand. And I have to say, that is what encourages me. That's what is exciting to me. That we are as a you know, this small movement that we started. You know, all of us podcast listeners and our coaching company and you know, whatever comes up next, we're really, I think, on the very leading edge of trying to take the real estate industry back from sort of this insane path that it's been on for the last 10 years, where people have lost track, um, if they ever had it in the first place, but where they've lost track of really what real estate's all about. Real estate, being a real estate agent is an honor. It's one of the greatest honors that really, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about it like this, but it's one of the greatest honors uh, that you can be, when someone hires you to sell their house or someone hires you to work with them as a buyer, that's an incredible honor because they're trusting you with one of their biggest life decisions. You know, for most folks, buying, buying or selling a house is a massive life decision. It's right up there with having a baby and getting married. I mean, it's right there. And you guys are at the heart of those transactions. And I always have felt like that was a huge honor, not to be taken for granted. And unfortunately, over the last 10 years, 11 years, 12 years, the business, the industry, uh, the, our industry has been open to all these wolves that have come in and basically have been feeding off the industry's insecurities and feeding off a real estate agents' lack of ability to really knowing how to make a real good, smart business decision and evaluating the different opportunities were brought to them. And you guys are coming around. You guys are realizing that this industry isn't, you know, the buying leads thing and all these technology companies have come in and tried to obscure really the pure, really essence of what this business is. You guys are now cutting through that bullshit yourselves, and you're realizing it. I mean, really, at the end of the day, guys, you don't ever have to buy leads. You don't ever have to do all this other thing, all these other things that people are trying to pressure you to do. Um, because the, if you're focused your best energies every single day on being of service to other folks, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, and obviously on becoming a listing agent, if you just focus all of your best energies every day on those three, those three core principles – you're never, never going to get off track in real estate. You might have a good day or a bad day, but for the most part, your true north is always going to be those three things. And those three things, the things that sort of like the overriding principle of all those things is operating with integrity. 
And, you know, that's the thing I get from you guys who are understanding what our intent was with the book. It's sort of hoping that the industry will reorganize itself around the idea that this really is a beautiful business. This is an incredible honor that all of us have to have service to other people. And uh, agents on the ground, listeners, our primary, you know, most of you guys, 100,000 of you that are regular listens to us, you guys are the heart of this industry. It's not the tech companies. It's not the associations. It's not the brokerages. Well, the brokers, I think they're you know, entrepreneurial in nature. But the real heart of this business, it, they're the agents. That You guys are the ones that are being taken advantage of. And, and it drives us crazy, and we don't hold back when we tell you this. You're also the ones that are basically being thrown to the wolves oftentimes. When you have some guru some who's never sold real estate or some schmo that's coming in there basically and trying to act like an expert – even though really they have no in, in by in there, I mean your brokerage office or maybe a local hall where people are being pressured by their broker to go see this. I mean these these are little things that they aren't. That isn't a normal part of the industry. And what's happened, guys, is money is being exchanged hands, and people are essentially selling their credibility in order to basically get you guys to buy into some of these larger you know lead buying platforms. And and you guys are sniffing that out, and I I applaud you for that. You know, if you focus all your best energies every day on those three core principles, I promise you, you're not only going to feel less stressed in your lives, but you're also going to attract business to you because people are going to sense within you there's a different quality that they don't necessarily sense within your competitors. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, totally. I mean, I've had so many agents say that when they get what you're talking about right now, right here, about you know, being there through somebody's most stressful time in their lives and really being of service and not being, you know, all wrapped up and being a salesperson and all this other kind of convoluted stuff they get uh, kind of trapped by and stuck by. I've had so many agents tell me when they get this that not only do they make more money and help more people, but the business somehow seems easier to them. It seems like less of a struggle, less of a fight, less resistance when they're just there to help people through the most stressful time in their lives. It's such a simple concept, but I think, you know, with the barrage, like you're talking about all these different options they've got and buying leads and all these different platforms and things that are stuffed in their email virtually every minute of every day, it's easy to get off track. I I think they're up against more certainly than when we got into the business and you couldn't buy a lead if you wanted to. I think, you know, it really covers up the core practices that we teach, which, you know, work. (laughs) So, and if you guys have any doubt about that, all you have to do is scoot over to Amazon and read some of these reviews. I mean, it, it does really make us feel so good that you guys get it. We have so much energy and effort, not just in the writing of the book, but in the getting to the book. Tim, you said the other day, it is the culmination of all of our experience coaching and selling and everything else. So, for example, Eric Roman just wrote not too long ago, I think today, he said, great read and, and guide to the real estate business. I would highly recommend it to any agents new or seasoned. And he says, and I think this is a great compliment, so thank you, Eric Roman. He says they should issue a copy of this book with every real estate license. So thank you for that. Well, but that and I'd have to but, agree that but, that would make all of their lives better, too, is if everybody followed the same rules. But back to you. Well, but that's really was the heart of the reason we wrote this originally. I mean, Julie and I, you know, we we tell this story all the time, and it's actually Julie tells it really well when she wrote the beginning part of the book. Is 
you know, yeah, when you get into the real estate business nowadays, it's uh, it's actually way harder than it was when we were in the real estate business. But you're giving just all this crap, and you're being inundated with all these different, you know, get rich quick things, and all these, you know, just snake oil things that are just being absolutely shoved in your email box, and you know, again. The brokers, I don't know why they're not protecting you guys. They should be. They should be basically saying, look, no more lead sellers. I'm going to encourage my agents to learn how to build their own business. I'm going to encourage my agents to learn how to be listing agents. I'm going to encourage my agents to really embrace this business for what it is, to, to use this business as an opportunity to build wealth. And that's what Harris Rules, the book, is really all about. We're trying to create the framework. Maybe, you know, and our, our belief is that maybe people just don't know. Maybe brokers don't know. Maybe agents don't know. But the, well, the framework's there. Just copy what we say in Harris Rules, and then just notice how all of a sudden the agents are going to be more productive. They're going to be happier. They're going to start building wealth. You're going to have a stronger brokerage. You're going to have agents, individual agents, are actually going to be able to retire. You know, those are the types of things that we want you guys to seriously look at. Because look, you know, you are your business owners, your entrepreneurs. That's what you are. You're you know 1099 entrepreneurs. You live and breathe and you survive and you thrive based on your own wits and your skills and and your mindset. Um, and right now, more than ever, it's very confusing to know what path to follow because you're constantly being hit over the head with new get-rich-quick uh, you know, claims. You know better than to trust any of those. So why don't you just accept the fact that if you really want uh, to have success in your life, you have to earn it. And the only way you earn it is doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. Is that not the least sexy thing I could ever say? <laughs> Telling you that you've got to do shit you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest it's level, honest. but that's truly what it is. But that's the truth, right? Isn't that the bottom line truth? So if you just start with that mindset and realize that you are being of service to other people, guys, everything else is going to come around for you. It really does work like that. Yeah, it might take longer than you think. It might require more effort than you think. It might make you more uncomfortable than you think. It might make it so that you have to spend a lot less time you know, doing time-wasting activities that maybe you think are a normal part of the business than you think. But when you get there, you're going to be so happy and proud of yourself that you're going to change the trajectory of your, not just your life but the lives of everyone else in your family. You know? And all the people that have been paying attention to you, your friends and your family members and you know, the fellow agents, they're going to see that you did something that you know, maybe they had already they, they'd said that they wanted to do but they didn't know how to do. And now that you've shown them that you can do it, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to follow in your footsteps. That's what being successful is really all about, is leaving the breadcrumbs for other people to follow. So, Julie, let's pick up where we left off yesterday if you don't have any other shout-outs. Uh, yes, I just have a couple of really quick shout-outs, and then we'll jump right in. Uh, Brooke Nye on Facebook, I love her post. She said, good morning from beautiful Bloomington, Indiana. I live and work in the Indianapolis area, but my clients have decided to move down to Bloomington two hours away. Now, Technically, that would be out of my area, but these clients specifically stated they wanted me and nobody else to represent them. My reputation of being super analytical, and she says, reminding us, former U.S. Air Force intelligence analyst. Yeah, that would be a little analytical, Brooke. <laughs> and thank you for your service. And communicative, thanks to Tim and Julie right there, knowing that. Uh, my reputation has preceded me, they stated. Wow, talk about a compliment. Just plugging into the T&J system, Tim and Julie system, has taken my business to an unfathomable height. Well, that and Starbucks helps too. Have a wonderful day, everyone. And it's a really cute picture of Brooke in her car with her Starbucks, ready to rumble, taking care of those clients. 
and obviously they love the job she's doing for them. Also, just a reminder to our Premier Coaching members, there is a referral to Clear Lake, California. That's in the northern end of California, and another one in, I think, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So if those are your areas and you're a coaching member, go grab those referrals. Okay, so back to topic du jour. We've been talking about seven pitfalls to wealth creation. And I think that we went through number five, if I am correct on that. So let's start on number six, pitfalls to wealth creation. Number six, not having health insurance or adequate insurance at all. Seems like a simple point, and it's a simple thing to fix. So I don't think we need to hover on that. But we do hear from you guys that are getting back into real estate, revamping real estate, needing to get into momentum. Why is that? What got you off track? Well, I had this terrible health issue that I'm paying off. Or I got, you know, anything of that flavor. So don't screw that up. Well, Point but, number seven. But, Julie, just, yeah. just to summarize, though, there's only a handful of financial things that can screw you guys up uh, being in, just in life in general. And if you look at the leading cause of bankruptcy, it's medical bills. So, hey, start there. You can have a major, uh, um, like a catastrophic major health insurance policy, and you can cover yourself for pretty much anything. And if you have a uh, other health insurance thing, you can change your insurance midstream. You know, they haven't changed Obamacare, and Obamacare allows you basically to modify your policy. And if you need to have better insurance, you can just go from the least expensive catastrophic policy, and then you can scale that down and add other levels of care if needed. But for the most part, that's the best way to have health insurance the least amount of money so you're not caught uninsured. And the other things that basically screw people up, and Julie talked about this yesterday, is not paying your taxes on time. And the way to you know, essentially self-game that, game yourself to make sure you're paying your taxes, is incorporate your business, your real estate practice, have the paychecks from your broker. If you're a broker, then obviously you know what to do. Have those go to your corporation. And then have the corporation, it sounds complicated, but it's not, have the corporation pay you as an employee and take out all your taxes, and then the money that's left in the corporation doesn't get taxed on the personal uh, as much as it would have been had it been received as a 1099. Now, I just talked to you know, a bunch of technical blah, blah, blah to you guys. You don't understand, but here's what I want you to do. Go to your accountant. If you don't have an accountant, get an accountant and ask them whether you should be considering forming a LLC or a sub-S. They'll probably tell you a sub-S. And then ask them how to do payroll. And then they'll explain to you everything I just explained to you in more detail. But that's a forced discipline system to make it so you never fall behind in taxes. Okay? So be clear on that. Julie? Yeah, that'll get you off track right quick. And uh, those of you who have been off track, you know that the, ta the uh, penalties and the interest are very punishing. And you also know that they don't really like to negotiate with you. That's, you can't really short sale the IRS. So just you know, if you guys haven't experienced that. Don't mess it up. All right, mistake number seven, thinking you will get rich one day from your commissions versus understanding that it's what you do with your commissions that creates wealth. And I want to read that again. Thinking you're going to get rich just from your commissions versus understanding it's what you do with your commissions that creates wealth. And that requires that you do some of the previous points like make sure you pay yourself first, actually create some savings, because if you're not saving, you're not going to be able to invest it. And we get into this in the Harris Rules book towards the end where we're talking about wealth creation and a specific plan that we lay out in the book. It's not like other stuff you guys have read where it just says, hey, you know what, you ought to be you know, saving a little bit. We talk to you about actually what to do with your commissions. So make sure you check that out towards the back of the Harris but, Rules book. Most, repeat what you just said. I mean, he, she said, guys, nobody gets rich from selling real estate. 
be very clear. You will not get rich from selling real estate. You'll get rich from reinvesting the profits from selling real estate. There is a huge it's difference. Different. Right, and versus most what people agents think is they're going to like have some sort of big commission that's going to solve all their financial problems. That's how most Americans think, by the way. So that never happens, or it happens so infrequently that it's foolish to think that it'll ever happen. And the way you guys are going to ultimately create wealth for yourselves is in the definition of riches, where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. Is you have to produce a profit for your business and reinvest that profit. Oh, Tim, I want to reinvest my profit all back into my business. Guys, I'm sorry, but that's just dumb. When you have profit from your business, your goal should be to take that and invest that ideally in paid-off rental properties, something that is not not going to be affected by the slowing of any real estate markets. Paid-off rental properties that are strategically bought in good markets, and we've talked about this on our podcast before. Um, and then, yeah, you have eventually those will be paid off, if not paid with cash in the, you know, when you buy them. Uh, and those then become a consistent source of income for you for the rest of your life. And then we talked about this in the last part of Harris Rules. The idea is that you have enough paid-off rental properties that your core-based business – or I'm sorry, your core-based personal expenses are forever covered, right? That's the, that's the focus here, guys. But please be very clear. You will not get rich from selling real estate. You'll only get rich from reinvesting the profit that comes from selling real estate. Incredibly important that you're very clear about that. Yes, which is why point number one was, what is your product? It's profit. You have to have it to invest it. Okay, point number eight. This is a big one. It's very interesting to think about. Hanging out with people doing and making less than you uh, who think you're the freak versus expanding your exposure to well-adjusted wealthy types who also are philanthropic and believe in abundance. So look around at your business center of influence, maybe your personal center of influence. If you are doing the best of everyone that you know, and they often criticize you either overtly or covertly, then you probably need to upgrade your center of influence, people you're hanging out with, and that goes pretty much across the board. So this is a mistake if you're hanging out with people who make you feel like you're the freak because you're being successful. Does that make sense, Tim? I think well, we've Julie, done an do podcast think, about that one. Julie, even the even though you and I uh, did quite well in real estate, I mean, when we first got in the business in our early 20s, our first year in the business, we earned $300,000. Now, this was back when we were in our early 20s, like, you know, 25 years ago, guys. <laughs> so that was a lot of money back then. It still is, but that was a really a lot of money. That was our first year selling real estate, basically right out of college. So let's just assume yeah. that we are on a trajectory back then to do quite well. But, Julie, I have a question for you. Had we yeah. stayed in Columbus, Ohio, and not had the exposure that we've had as a result of basically all of our travel and moving out of Columbus, do you think that we would be where we are today uh, financially? I don't think so. And if we were, it would be taking us a lot longer to get there. And I, I right. would even go back further into you know pre-real estate, when, and we talked about this on a different podcast when we had the car cleaning and detailing business, our very early exposure, and getting out and getting to know people and being out of our own sandbox. And I think that that – I'm pretty sure that's one of my points in the Harris Rules book, is that lack of exposure can really hold you back. And sometimes agents don't even know that they have that issue – because they look around and they figure, well, I mean, by a, I remember when we were in our first house, right? What was it, 730 square feet? The garage was bigger than the house, and we had the detailing business. Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah, and then we got into real estate. We, bu I remember. we bought it when we were in college. We bought the house when we were in college. <laughs> we are going to Ohio State, 
when we bought this yeah. first, this, this when Julie and I first investing in real estate is when we were actually still in school. You know, we got married when we were very young, you know, relatively speaking, 20 and 21. And uh, yeah, and we didn't mess around. Within a year or two, we purchased our first house. We were still in college. But yeah, and if we'd stayed but in I that remember world, that's still, when we, we started, you know, then that's when we first started having decent cars. And I remember the neighbors were like, are they drug dealers? Where's the money coming yeah. from? Like, what's the deal? And then we're like, all right, we need to move. <laughs> so, well, but you guys you know, will only you grow. Be sensitive to that. Go ahead. You guys will only grow to the environment that you live within, and that's really the moral of the story. So, if you find yourself basically, uh, you know, look around you. Is that the world you want to be in a year from now? I'm not saying reject the people or reject any of the things that are important to you. I'm not saying anything like that. But generally speaking, if you're constantly surrounded by and being refor- and it's being uh, reinforced on you at all times, this mediocrity, well, it's okay if you're 20 pounds overweight. Everybody is. Look around. Hell, 20 pounds. You know, most of your neighbors are 30 pounds overweight. You're a lightweight compared to them. You know, oh, who cares if you only have 30 days worth of savings? Ah, 30 days, you, that's more than most people. You know, those types of comparisons, which all of us do, if you're in that type of environment, you're reinforcing this lazy, medi- mediocre, low-producing, kind of this, you know, muted life. That's your choice. So get out of your own environment. Which it, Julie and I tell this story, and it's really, I, I think, worth repeating. Um, when we were selling real estate, we started out in, in uh, 43214 in Clintonville, Ohio, and then we, we kind of branched out a little bit. Now, across town, about a half hour away, was this area that we used to go to you know, when we were kids. It was called New Albany, Ohio, and it got developed by this billionaire named Les Wexner, and it was this absolutely, still is, breathtakingly gorgeous sort of Georgian country club, whatever. I mean, it, we did not belong there. Trust me when I tell you that. Julie's parents were school teachers. I grew up lower middle class. You know, fortunately, we met in high school. But we would, so when we were selling real estate, we would go to New Albany to, before we even knew what we were doing so that we would be uncomfortable. We'd park our car, and then we'd go walk around the country club, and we would meet people. We'd start to really start to breathe the air to see what it was like to live there, and then we set the goal to basically live there, and we did. And by, when Julie turned uh, on, basically on, uh, she was 28, we ended up buying this really beautiful you know, Georgian, basically a mini mansion in New Albany Country Club. And uh, that's where we started selling real estate. That's where we started focusing. We kept our own real estate business, too. So we sold, you know, normal price houses, 200,000, whatever. And then we moved across town. We started selling things that were 800,000, a million, things like that. So we've experienced personally not only changing markets, but we've experienced selling real estate in normal price ranges and selling, you know, hundreds of houses and gone to more expensive areas. We've done all of that. Probably the reason why so many of you guys are attracted to us as coaches because we're the real deal. But what we learned was is when you hang around the people that were uh, more affluent, what we quickly discovered was, for the most part, they were just like us, but they were at at roughly what have been our age. They were willing to ch- uh, follow paths that uh, other people didn't. So they maybe uh, they took risks in their businesses. They worked a little bit harder or a lot harder in many cases, and they were able to create things that created affluence for them and changed the trajectory of their lives, exactly what we're asking you to do. So we were surrounded by those people when we were selling real estate. We had other exposures to those folks, too, that we've talked about before. Um, and, what, again, what we learned is that people that in, are on those uh, income stratospheres, the 1% or the one, you know, half a percent or whatever you want to call those guys, millionaires, multimillionaires, what we learned was they are oftentimes the most generous, most um, – you know, giving people 
of their time um, that you can possibly imagine. And when you when they see that you have that spark that they had themselves and hopefully still do, they will latch onto that. They'll smell it that you have that same spirit as they did. And then a lot of times you'll develop these kind of nice informal mentoring relationships. If you don't have an opportunity like that in your immediate market, there you can move up to you you can consider moving markets, changing markets. You can do more travel, you can read books, you can nowadays because of social networking, though most of it's fake, let's just be honest, but you can still attach yourself to maybe that sort of mindset, that generosity mindset, that the improvement of, you know, seeing life through a different set of glasses mindset. It's out there. Hopefully you guys are getting that from listening to our podcast. I think you are. And you'll get that from also reading our book and maybe becoming coaching clients. So Julia, are you still on or do you bump? I am. Nope, I'm good. It's uh, okay, Rochelle's so let's get one, let's, day today. Oh, your shelf's day. Okay, good. So you can run the whole show. So give me a, a next point, please. Yes, you got it. Point number nine, we're talking about wealth squelching mistakes. Number nine, not being a listing agent, you will never have enough time as a buyer's agent to work with enough buyers to create the income necessary to invest and make your money work for you. You're just going to run out of time. And I always bring you guys back to this thought. If you have any doubt about the importance of becoming a listing agent, we're not saying stop working with buyers. Okay, I just highlighted Brooke. She's doing a killer job today out with buyers, not anti-buyer. But why is it so critical to be a listing agent and not just dabble in listings, but be a kick-ass listing agent? Okay, make that the driving force behind your business. Why? Look at it this way. You've got five really active, well-qualified or all-cash, totally motivated buyers right now in your pipeline. Okay, versus you've got five absolutely motivated listings. Which agent has more time? Simple question. And let's say that you work your butt off all week with all five buyers. You're setting showings. You're talking to other listing agents. You're negotiating. You're competing. You're going to the mat to get them in contract, right? Well, best case scenario, now you've got five buyers in contract, which is unlikely. You guys know this. But let's just say that you were victorious in every case. Now your next month is all about inspections, appraisals, financing, keeping the train on the tracks, keeping it on the rails. And what are you going to do? Probably not a lot of lead follow-up, probably not a lot of prospecting or marketing. So you're going to have a good month followed by nothing. Now let's go on the other side with the listing agent. What's their lifestyle like? They're negotiating and putting those sellers in contract. Lather, rinse, repeat. They're not driving around as much as you are. They're not as risk at risk. After all, they have listing contracts. Do you use buyer contracts? Probably not. So it is true, and I think, Tim, you would agree with this. Just from a practical standpoint, there is not enough time in the day to move the needle where it needs to go to have a significant uh, wealth-building trajectory as just a buyer's agent or as a very heavy buyer's agent. Does that make sense? There's, there, there's, not, an agent in, there's not an agent in the history of agents that wouldn't trade you know, 10 listings for 100 buyers. There just, there just isn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, there never has been, there never will be. And if and if there is, then, I mean, yeah, it just you have no leverage with the buyers because you have to go out and work your time. Oh, Tim, I've got a team of buyers agents, and we can talk about that to the cows come home. In many cases, those buyer agent teams are making absolutely no profit, and actually they're losing money. Well, Tim, I'm having to work them, so I'm actually saving a lot of time that way. Well, really. So let's talk about how much time you're actually spending on the buyer's agent side of the business. That, side, that nature of that building your brokerage, you're building your uh, team around buyer's agent, buyer side transactions, guys, 
you need to really seriously have a conversation with your, your, uh, your CPA, and you're going to quickly realize the amount of profit you're making from that type of business is going to be less than 10% before taxes. That is a quote from Steve Murray. Uh, uh, and Steve Murray's the real trends guy. He also said that most brokerages nowadays are making three to five percent before tax profit. These are tiny, tiny little margins. The greatest gift ever given to real estate folks has been the ability to have a listing. Think about this. You can right now have five listings, ten listings, twenty listings. You can have as many listings as you want, as hard as you're willing to work, and each of those listings costs you virtually nothing per month to maintain. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, but really nothing. And when they sell, you make a margin on them, 2%, 3%. Some markets, it's 4%. You make this huge amount of money. You didn't have to pay anything for the inventory. There is no other business that I know of, aside from maybe like an auction house, where you have that kind of leverage, where you can basically have somebody else that's paying for your inventory, the seller. You don't have to pay any money. If you guys started a car business, you're going to have to have what's called a floor plan to pay for those cars. If you started a furniture business, it's the same thing. You have to pay interest on in the loan, making it so you can actually have a, a furniture to sell. In real estate, you can work out of your house, have a nice website, focus on your listing side of your business, build an inventory up of five units, 10 units, 20 units, 30 units, and every month, like clockwork, no matter what the market does, a certain percent of those listings are going to sell. That's called your real estate magic number. That's part of the real estate treasure map. You guys can get that by going to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and the book is free. So the moral of the story is if you focus all your best energies every single day on being a listing agent, you will create leverage because those listings will be out there. Say you have 10 listings at all times. In most markets, it's safe to say that three of them would automatically sell. The work is getting to the 10 listings at all times. And once you're there, just replace what sells. You can hire somebody else to service the sellers, but at only 10 listings, you should just do it yourself. You have killer margins. What are your expenses when you're doing that? You're not paying any of these fools to buy buyer leads. You're just basically taking listings. You're you know, spoiling the seller. You're, you're putting them in the MLS. You're pricing them correctly. You're doing a great job with the marketing and the feedback and, again, spoiling the seller. And then what happens? The stuff sells and you get paid. It's a beautiful thing versus look at the complexity in the buyer side business nowadays. You, a lot of you guys are you know, being foolish and you're buying buyer leads. You're putting them into drip campaigns. You're then having to build this complex system, that complex system, and do all these other things. And, up oh, the buyer changed their mind. <laughs> you yeah, know, the buyer's rent. interest rate, what, the buyer's, the buyer's going to live with mom and dad. Rent. Exactly. They're gonna, ex you guys get the point? That doesn't happen when you list motivated have to sell sellers, and there's plenty of them out there. How many expired listings were there in your market just the past three days, past four days? I bet you there's not a single person listening right now who has not had in their marketplace at least 100 expireds in the past just uh, like three or four days. Expired listings, guys, those are people that have their hands up in the air and said, I have a house to sell, and yet you guys find it more attractive to take a solicitation from some guy trying to sell you a buyer lead? That's confusing to you? Which one you should be spending your energies to go after? <laughs> going after that expired? Who that listing is going to create other buyers for you and potentially other listings because buyers are going to call off signs? Don't be confused about that, guys. Cut through it. Realize that if you want ever-increasing levels of leverage and financial security so you can actually create some wealth from the profit you make from your business, the easiest way to do it is focusing your best energies on being a listing agent. Julie, can we be any clearer than that? <laughs> I don't think so. 
I, it just it cracks me up. I've had this vision in my head since our discussion yesterday about the uh, the fancy analytics. You know, these companies saying they're going to predict who's going to move next. Oh and, yeah. You know, some of that's interesting, right? But I mean, I just have it's this vision masturbation. like, why don't you just drive through the neighborhood and look for the for sale by owner sign? That's the guy who wants to I sell know. next. That's free. I know. I'm just saying. It just, yeah, you know, it, we get on our soapbox because it's important. Between, between the two of us, we're making fun of these predictive analysis companies. And I'm not saying there's not validity to it, but, guys, these companies that are forming these algorithms or they're going to try to predict who in your neighborhood is going to sell next, well, okay, that's fine. But why don't you instead just call the expired the for sale by owner? Why don't you, you know, maybe just use your common sense and, you know, look in the MLS to see who already said they want to have a house to sell or, hell, drive around like Julie said and look for the people that have the houses in the yard, uh, signs in the yard saying, I want to sell my house. Why would you buy a lead like that? Why would you do that? I don't understand. I honestly don't. Why would you do that? Explain it, people. Send me an email. Tell me why you do it. <laughs> I don't get it. I know why. Because you don't have the skill set to go after the other business because it requires sales skills because you don't know how to get it. Learn it. It's not difficult. That's it. That's the bottom line. If you guys actually want to have independence, you want to have a business that you can be proud of. If you want to have a business that produces consistent profit, you're going to have to learn how to go after the business yourself so you're not beholden to all these companies that are selling leads to you. If you never learn how to get the business yourself, you're always going to be dependent, and they're always going to jack up their rates. They're always going to change the nature of the, how many you know, peep agents they're selling the same lead to. And you're just caught in this mosh pit forever where you never have any sense of security because you never took the time to develop the skill set to be truly an expert at, frankly, being a listing agent. I challenge all of you guys in the next 90 days – to get your head screwed on straight and realize your best opportunities in this business. And I know some of you have had your best years ever, but your best, best years ever are still ahead of you if you keep focused on the listing side of the business. Guys, the buyer side of the business, in our opinion, as far as buyer's agents being uh, commissions being an entitlement of a real estate transaction, are going to go away. That means, quite frankly, that there will not be an automatic co-op on transactions. And I bet you that's going to happen in the next 24 to 36 months. And if your only business model has been buying buyer leads, and, okay, fine, you buy that buyer lead, but now you have to explain to that buyer why they should be paying, on top of the purchase price, 25 to 3% just to pay you. How many of you will be willing to do that? How many buyers will be willing to pay that? You guys get the point? So if you're not on the listing side of the transaction, you're going to be out of the business, period. That's it. That's our opinion. Or at least it's going to become so competitive and so cutthroat, and the margins on the buyer side of the business are going to become so low, it just doesn't make sense to work that side of the business. So listen, Julie and I got in a little bit of a rant today, but you know, frankly, it's because we read the book reviews. We appreciate the fact that you guys get it. We really want to do everything in our power to keep you guys focused and on mission for the rest of this year. I promised you guys the end of last month that we were going to be more drilled down, more focused on this podcast, more brutally honest than we usually are, because we know we have to fight against your apathy and your you know, almost physiological desire to be lazy in fourth quarter. Do not allow that to happen. Do not back off. And for those of you guys who are in our mastermind for helping us to make uh, Harris Rules the number one international bestseller, I'm going to speak to you in code. TFW. You folks know what that means. So stay focused. Julie, is there anything else you'd like to say? You want to wrap up today's show? 
Yep, that's it. Stay focused, you guys. If you're one of these people that's like, I don't know what to do or how to do it, and I'm, honest, I'm stuck, I'm in a rut, TFW. You guys who are listening know what we're talking about. And if you're confused yeah, at all, yeah. here's another easy button. Go to Amazon and buy Harris Rules. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.